This is GKW. Welcome to another edition of Good Karma Wrestling. I'm Gabe Nitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me, as always, from ESPN West Palm, he is Brian Rowitz, and you can catch him on ESPN 1000 in Chicago, Jonathan Hood. So you would think we would start by talking about maybe some of the in-ring action that happened in the biggest show in professional wrestling history, with over 81,000 people showing up at Wembley Stadium for AEW's All In. But instead, it's back to the backstage drama with CM Punk. And the only thing I know for sure is there's some sort of altercation between CM Punk and Jack Perry. Maybe Punk quit. Maybe Punk's been suspended. Maybe Punk's been told about the suspension. I don't know. The the stories and rumors between everything that has gone on backstage have been so fast and furious, it has been tough to keep up. Clearly something happened and AEW is investigating it. And the only reason I feel confident about that is because Tony Khan said so in the media post uh, in the scrum uh, following all in in London. But it begins to ask the question, is it time for CM Punk and AEW to go their separate ways and break up? And the answer is yes. And the reason why is because if it is true that CM Punk before all this with Jack Perry was going after Tony Khan and threatening to quit and Samoa Joe telling uh, CM Punk, look, let's just get in the ring. Like, you're not – this whole scramble at the beginning of the show, it was not even known who was going to start all in mm-hmm. because there was two or three options. And, like, the Young Bucks are like, yeah, my boots aren't laced yet. Uh, <laughs> not, I don't know if we're ready. Jeff Jarrett, I'm out of here with Karen. Like, they didn't, I mean, they didn't know what they wanted to do. But once again, another show where we start off and talk about the controversial CM Punk. That's enough. All you think about is this, bro. It's would this happened in WWE. It would not happen in WWE. It would not. Because Vince McMahon will cut the cord. And so, to me, as much as I respect CM Punk for what he's done in the business, clearly he's unhappy. And Tony Khan should be unhappy, so there should be a divorce. Yeah, I think that's fair. And the thing, there's also a picture going on social. When Joe comes out for his entrance, you can see some blood on his tape already because he had to break up the altercation and it was probably Jungle Boy's blood. So good start for him. To your point about whether this would happen under Vince, it might happen. But the thing that wouldn't happen is we wouldn't know all these details. It would be squashed right there. There would be no one going out leaking stuff. There would be no one tweeting stuff out. You know, Miro tweeted something out. There's conflicting reports on whether or not he wanted to fight also, or whether that was, you know, a joking around matter, which word of advice to Punk, you probably don't want to fight Miro. So hopefully that was a joke from his standpoint. But like this is overshadowing 80,000 plus. And it's overshadowing a year ago when we were talking about the good direction AEW is going in. We were just talking about this. It's not going to end in the ring like we hope it would. It does sort of feel like enough's enough. And that sucks to say as a CM Punk fan. Yes, I think it's time. Um, clearly, the, he, he just can't help himself, right? He's Punk just cannot help himself at this point. And you mentioned him being unhappy. CM Punk in professional wrestling, him he loves it and hates it all at the same time. So he's going to be unhappy just because that's who CM Punk is. That being said, AEW still has an issue without CM Punk. Like, And here's the thing. like, What do you do with Collision without CM Punk? What are you going to do with it? But you built Collision with the idea of CM Punk being around it. Like, do I think that FTR and Ricky Starks can carry that show by themselves? Probably not. Like, that, expect that show to just continue to fall. I, I don't know what the ratings can be, and I know we don't really care about the ratings, but I don't know what the ratings can fall to on that show. 
and have Turner still keep going with that show. That's right. that's the only concern I would have with the ratings there because I want more you know opportunities for pro wrestlers and Collision's been a fun show to watch. I, I've I've enjoyed it, but they have an issue if they don't if they have CM Punk with they don't have CM Punk. Like you have to decide whether you know Tony Khan's got to decide whether or not it's worth having him around. That being said, even if he's gone, they got to nip this whole going into business thing for yourself for yourself in the bud. Yep. Like this, this starts with Jack Perry feeling empowered enough to look at a camera knocking on a window of a limousine and saying real glass, have a, you know, cry me a river or whatever he ended up saying. Like yeah. they have to nip this whole thing in the bud and that problem exists with or without CM Punk. I think you take a, re- a step in the right direction because Punk's a wild card and who knows the hell he's going to do, but they've got a long list of issues, whether or not they have CM Punk. Well, we can put this in the sports realm. We always talk sports entertainment, pro wrestling here, but let's take a look at this in sports. If this was a topic about the Dolphins, the Packers, the Bears, the one thing that we would say is that all this starts at the top. If there is dysfunction, it would be at the top. You criticize the GM, ownership, you know, the, the ops person. That's how we do it as sports talk show people. So the same thing here in sports entertainment with pro wrestling, uh, Gabe, and that is – that Tony Khan is the tip of the spear of all of this. And you have to be the adult in the room or someone's got to be the adult in the room. And if he's not going to be, if he's going to be kind of like Dana White and say, well, controversy creates cash, well, it's not getting in the ring. We're not going to right. see Punk versus Jack Perry. We're not going to see Punk against uh, the, the elite. So all it is is just drama. That should not cast um, a shade uh, over the great thing that we saw this past Sunday at All In. But it is. And so yeah. uh, ultimately, Tony can't, Tony Khan can't be one of these guys that just gets along with the talent and says, I can't make people get along. Yes, you can, because you have right. to be the adult in the room. That's what that was the quote he had at the last press conference. I can't make people get along. Well, that's bullshit. Either you had to get that done or you're going to fold in a few years. That's real. But I think there's an in-between. You, you don't need everyone to be best friends in a locker room. But you can't have guys fighting each other and delaying the start of the show. And all of a sudden, everything you have run down, like, well, I don't know if we can open with this because he's busy fighting with someone. Like, to compare it to sports, we talk a lot about free agency and superstars and whether or not people want to play with them. If you're a wrestling free agent, do you want to go to AEW right now? Or do you have to be worried about whether or not CM Punk would like you? Because that's what it comes down to. Like, there's the elite side. There's the punk side. There may or may not have been travel issues Saturday and Punk riding a train to get to Wembley. Like, there's a lot of issues right now. And, like, yes, that starts from Tony, and you've got to start thinking outside of CM Punk. Because, yes, CM Punk draws, but if we're looking at strictly numbers, does he? Like, Collision's not blowing anything out of the water, and we're about to hit college football season. So do you really need him right now if you're AEW? If you want collision to, I think you still need them. If you if you want collision to be a thing, like if, if you want collision to be a show that is going to be able to stand up on its own, either that or you got to start shipping more talent over there and have you know this right. soft brand, you know more of this soft brand split. I don't know if you put Jericho over there. I don't know if Jericho wants to do that, you know, with his age because he's already doing you know commentary for Rampage. I know that tapes on the same night, but he's obviously doing Dynamite. Does he want to then be traveling more? He probably can't because he's got Fozzie on top of all right. of this. Like I, I don't know who you throw on Collision at this point to make it a viable stand up by itself type of show. So you created it for CM Punk. This is the bed you made if you're Tony Khan. That's right. This is the bed you made and. From 
I, I saw a different rumor about the travel stuff that there were a lot of people who were unhappy with the, with the accommodations that they made in terms of getting to the hotel and getting to Wembley from the airport, something that new Japan and WWE has been able to master. But this is what happens when you don't have, you know, you're, <laughs> we, we always forget that AEW is still in its infancy. You haven't had a big show like this. You don't know what you don't know until you have to cross that bridge. And maybe that's just something that's slipped under the radar for Tony Khan and he fixes it for next time. You have to be more understanding and you can't just be, you know, constantly on edge the way that punk is. I, I still think that they eventually make, make up and figure this whole thing out. Um, you know, part of the whole, again, I, I don't know what I can and can't believe at this point. Cause the rumors <laughs> are just coming so fast and furious mm-hmm. that punk was partially upset because he was fined five figures for shooting on hangman Adam page after collision went off air a couple of weeks ago in North Carolina. So maybe he was still upset about that. You just don't know what you can and can't believe at this point, because some of it comes from punk side. Some of it comes from AEW side. Some of it's in between God knows what you can believe, but ultimately I think they figure this out because they, they still need star power in order to make five hours of television work. Well, I mean, here's how, promoters have done it and book and bookmakers have done this over the years you start with you're going to build a company you start with your great eight your best eight wrestlers women men whatever whoever your best eight is then you find another eight is or ten for contenders then you find another eight or ten to be able to be young people that will build up to the roster to be able to be in the main event at some point so if tony khan's not booking that way then shame on him like I, I said this a couple of weeks ago on the show, and I think that you guys disagreed. I'm just telling you, like CM Punk is not the draw that we all think that he he used to be the draw, but he's not the draw yeah. that we see here in 2023. They built a show around him and knowing that he's volatile. That's on Tony Khan. You got to know that he's got to be if, for Punk to come back into AEW. They should have eased his way back in. But see, here's the thing with Punk that that resonates with me, and I think that is he does care about the business. But if there is a disconnect because there's a younger locker room, I think that's the problem, right? It's kind of like the Matt Stafford story that we heard this week about how right. Matt Stafford has a hard time being able to relate to young football players in which they're on their phones when he wants to have a conversation with them. And so I think the same thing's happening with Punk. Think about it. It's, it's Punk and Jack Perry. There's a big divide in age and experience in that regard. So if Punk wants to be the big brother, he's got to understand, hey, these are younger wrestlers and they're indie guys and they're used to doing what what they want to do. And Punk can't get that locker room to do exactly what he thinks is best as a veteran wrestler. And, And so because of that, Maybe he should step away, just step away from the business altogether. If he's not comfortable, if others are not comfortable with him around, then Punk is the one that has to go. Yeah, I think that's fair, but, like, there's other veterans. Like, I saw some tweets this week and said, like, oh, like, if Undertaker was in a locker room like this, stuff like this doesn't happen. But it's like you guys said, Jungle Boy was empowered to make that comment on TV. He knew what he was doing instead of just saying, like, hey, maybe it is smart not to use real glass. Like, this is one of those situations where I don't think it was Punk being an asshole. Like, I think Punk was legit looking out for a young wrestler saying, hey, don't work with glass. Like, you can't really control something like that. And we can place the blame on Tony, and yes, ultimately the buck stops with him, but he's doing so many things. But, like, what about some of these other veterans back there? And maybe it is as simple as the young wrestlers don't listen to them, but you have a whole locker room of a lot of veterans, the Arn Andersons, the Christians, the the big shows. Like, is there something there when they could sort of be that voice of reason in the locker room right now? Yeah. 
I, I don't want to hear that the oh if Taker was back to this wouldn't happen. Like Taker no. Taker's on the record of like, oh, I don't understand these young kids playing their video games. The locker room stinks. Right. They're all soft. Like he's on the record saying stuff like that. Yeah. Like because because again, Taker's older now and there's a disconnect between him and and the younger generation. It's it's tough to kind of bridge that gap. Going back to the whole Matthew Stafford thing, like it's tough to bridge that gap. And Punk hasn't figured it out. And because Punk is volatile in the way that he is, he just decided that the answer is to fight everyone and what's <laughs> well, at that bad. point we <laughs> chatted with jake that's roberts bad. a few weeks ago jake flat out told us about the locker room he's like yeah some of those guys just want to be by themselves but jake being the mature one which i don't know if he's always had that reputation he's like so i just let them be by themselves like so there's at least yeah. that but like i guess punk just can't let that be but and punk was right to tell jack perry hey don't work with glass and what happened yes. was jack perry went around cm punk and to, to ask management, and I don't know who that is, Tony Khan or someone else, hey, can I use glass? Can we use glass for this UK limo? And and they was like, yeah, go ahead. He went around CM Punk. And then, and then again, Jack Perry in the promo, and no one understood what he was talking about. That's another reason it's why. It's such, such, oh, uh, God. It's just it's so like, bad. It's bad. Glass. And it do, does it to CM Punk. Punk says to Jack Perry, do you have a problem with me? And then they get into a skirmish, and Samoa Joe's got to pull CM Punk off. It's like, it, it's it's just a mess. It's just a mess. But to me, it all starts with Tony Khan. A lot of this to happen. Bottom line, hundred percent. I'm I'm a hundred percent there with you. And well, we'll have to wait and see how this all plays out <laughs> for CM Punk. I mean. I doubt he's on the card. Maybe he's on the card. They need to do something to this card. We'll get to that in just a little bit on the it's show. It's okay. It's only CM Punk's hometown and they're in Chicago. No big deal. <laughs> just build the whole damn thing around Sky Blue. Don't you do that. She, she's the only one from Chicago that actually matters from that company. Speaking of which... We'll also speak to Sky Blue coming up later <laughs> in the episode. So a lot of things we're touching on here on GKW. Uh, That's called but- a tease right there. Uh, we'll dive into the other stories going on in the world of professional wrestling outside. Well, I guess CM Punk is involved in the first one, but Brian, what do we call, uh, we've got our three count. What do we have at number one? Well, yeah, there actually was a wrestling show on Sunday from Wembley, 80,000 plus. What were your guys highlights and lowlights from all in this weekend? I would say for the most part, the action was pretty good. Um, my low light is it was a four hour show. I wish they would have given the women's four way match a little more time. Um, I think you could have, could have given that a little bit more time. And honestly, knowing after <laughs> watching the opening match and now knowing what we know about what had happened before that, like that opening match was really good. Like it was yes. one of CM Punk's better matches that he's had in AEW, which certainly a highlight there um bucks versus ftr was a lot of fun there, i mean there were there were plenty of things I, I think in terms of highlights but um i thought that the main event was kind of an overbooked mess it was really good until you i mean there, there were a couple of questions that i had there but it was for being billed as the biggest professional wrestling show of all time I would say they, the, the pay-per-view for me probably didn't live up to those expectations. Most of it was good, but you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself when you continuously, you know, biggest professional wrestling show of all time probably did not live up to that hype. Well, no, I'm, well, I mean, when they say it's the biggest professional wrestling show of all time, you know, from a money standpoint, it was. I think, were they talking about the in-ring or were they talking about the – because. This is the, the <laughs> this is the most people that paid for a wrestling event in the history of the business. 
Mm-hmm. 81,000, yeah. actually, and I thought that they would gimmick the number. You know, the WA, you goose it up. You know, 89,000, goddamn pal. We didn't even get that. We just got, it was no. 81,000 actually paid. So it was bigger from that regard. But I, but when we previewed this game, we knew, we looked at the card and said, yeah, I like this match, like this, this match. But the thing is, is that it did not have the Andre Hogan quality. We said this last week. We looked at it and said, Okay, two friends going at it, kind of like Brett and, and Davey Boy Smith from 92 in, a, in a SummerSlam. We looked at this and say, okay, MJF and Adam Cole are going to have a great match, but it wasn't the heel versus babyface dynamic of a mega card. It was a mega card. I mean, I, I love that they were able to draw 81,000 people, and they're going to go and try to do this next year. But for, for me, Brian, I just thought that there was maybe four or five matches I really liked, and then the rest of it was, you know, just okay. And by the way, you can say the same thing for most WrestleManias, too. Two or three, yes. four matches we like, and the rest, eh, it's okay. I mean, Eric Bischoff did say he didn't feel like a WrestleMania, though. He used that as a knock. He could blow it out his ass. That's, that's <laughs> How about that? I heard the same thing. I saw what he said. It's like, it felt like a super indie quality. How would, I guess he would know. He ran TNA and WCW, so I guess he would know. He never, he never drew 81,000 people. How about no. that? Yeah, that is accurate. Well, that's the thing. Like, from an in-ring quality, I agree. Like, there were those few matches that stood out. But the card, to me, felt like it flew by, which I think is a testament to it being entertaining, like, from top Mm -hmm. to bottom. There wasn't those sort of massive moments, whether it be upsets or surprises. I guess Soraya winning is sort of the closest thing to it. So, to me, that is a highlight, just getting it done in the ring. From a low-light standpoint, like, yes, I agree. They seem to be tight on times. Like, oh, where do we take time from? Like, oh, there's a women's match. Let's cut that match right now. Like, (laughs) that seemed to be their logic there. The other thing is the first hour or so, like, I don't know if we need JR for an hour on a show like this. Like, he seemed miserable. He was so upset and angry with everything going on in the ring that, like, it was distracting. (laughs) He's old. Fair, yeah, like, you you want to talk about disconnect? Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, I think his contract's up pretty soon here. So, but like he was when, that, that friend that you invite over, like, hey, I want you to watch this wrestling thing, and they're a curmudgeon, like, oh, you know this stuff's fake, right? Like, yes, like stop, just watch. Like <laughs> that was Jr. on Sunday. Like, <laughs> when yeah. you look back on this show in ten years, what are you going to remember the most? Um, I'll remember. The uh, FTR Young Bucks, I'll remember that matchup. Yeah. But I also remember just the dynamic of the main event, which is just unconventional. That's what I'll remember the most. Like, <laughs> like I just thought that that was great. You know, you guys. I hated were, the main were, event. Hated it. Oh. What was wrong with it? <laughs> well, so the, the, the inconsistency of the storytelling. So I'm supposed to believe that the, the AEW World Championship is the most important thing to Adam Cole. And yet he seemed content to win on a count out early in the match. Like he did, he did the move on the stairs to MJF. MJF is on the outside. Adam Cole, is this your first match ever? You don't win the championship if Adam Cole, if MJF gets counted out. So, okay. So I'm like, all right, I can look past that. And then, you know, you do the five more minutes thing, which is a nice little callback. They decide to wrestle until, and then after you get past the, the double clothesline, double pin, like it just kind of became an overbooked mess. Two different ref bump spots, um, it, it just, it, it became an overbook mess to me where you got Roddy coming in there and Adam Cole's cool at first with Roddy. And then he tells Roddy to get out of there after, after Roddy kicked him in the dick 
MJF in the dick. You're cool with that. But MJ, now Roddy's going too far when he hands you the belt and you decided to tell him to take, to run out of there. It just, the, the inconsistency of the storytelling within that match was just all over the place for me. You had potential to have something really cool. And it just, instead I'm like, wait, now, none of this actually makes sense or actually goes together because they tied it, decided to try to tell a story within the match and they fell flat on their faces with the storytelling. Yeah, I agree with that. Like, I didn't love the main event either. And I think the other thing is it didn't really move anything forward to the pay-per-view you have seven days later. Like Those guys are defending the ROH belts and it's a battle royal winner that we're going to find out tomorrow night, two days before the show, which like there were just other ways to do where... <laughs> which, spoiler alerts. It's, yeah. it's it's not making me excited for it. If you've seen any spoilers from what Rampage is. So that's the thing. Like, you didn't move anything forward with that angle. And, like, yes, the angle's been entertaining. I've been super into it. But, like, there even seem to be missed opportunities in that where, like, why not double clothesline Roddy? You've gotten that over so well. Like, taking him out, and maybe we get MJF first Roddy on Sunday. Like, there at least could be storytelling there. And it did none of that. I like the in-ring. I like those two battling back and forth. Oh, yeah. Like, the, again, but, yeah. the in-ring stuff up until the the Rensburg did the double pin, like, the in-ring stuff was fantastic. Like, it, it was yeah. tremendous. Yeah. And the only, again, it, it's nitpicking a little thing, but, again, just watching him be counted out earlier in that match, yeah. the in-ring stuff was fantastic. It's just when they tried to tell the story and it all intertwined, you just, they lost me on it. So, so one of the things quickly about this is that you could have told the story without them winning the ROH Tag Team Championship. Correct. That, see that now. That's oh, that waste. was wasted. Here's yeah. why it's a waste. The match is six minutes. So what? What's the? I mean, I mean, Aussie yeah. Open is better than that. I mean, it's yes. much better than that. And for them to just hand over the championships as if they were just transitional champions, that you didn't need to have that match to tell that story in the ring. Two but you could have that, had that match and still tell the story. Like the Kingdom could have cost them that match. You tell that's the true. same story. You have that dynamic. Aussie Open doesn't drop the belt. Everything else is accomplished. No, that that's that's true. I mean, and, and so the story should should be for me: two guys that's supposed to be best friends, but both have the penchant to want to heal on each other. Sure. And and yeah. so that's that. I mean, that's it. But then it was just it was just again the end ring was fine. The storytelling lacks a lot, which is a problem in this company. And, and no, the swerve is, was that there was no swerve, which well, well, was right. different. But I don't know. And also, um, the story was not told on Dynamite or, or maybe on, on a show moving forward. That Speaking of Swerve Strickland, um, that was not a, a finish. His braids were sticking out of the They the were, coffin. yes. So still, that's not, that's not a fall. That's not a finish right there. So there should be a, a complaint there filed by Swerve Strickland. He did send out a tweet Sunday, which he said was sent from inside the coffin. So got to consider that. From <laughs> <laughs> inside the coffin. Yeah. He's in the darkness. <laughs> I mean, again, I mean, another highlight. I mean, again, they just the the one thing AEW has not messed up at all is their usage of Sting. Like they just continue to hit Sting out of the yeah. ballpark every time we see him. Anytime he gets put in one of these matches, it's it's fantastic. So I think that was. I mean, other than maybe a botched finish at the end because Swerve's braids were sticking out, I, I thought they nailed that. I thought they nailed Sting um, in in that appearance as well. I, w- also, I would just I would just say the uh, one of the other things that to me there's a low light is Soraya win the championship. You pander to her because her family was there, and sure. so but then like it made me confused. Like is she a heel or babyface because she brought her family in? Like this well, whole 
this whole group is a, a heel faction, isn't it? Right. Well, but like she kind of turned, but now the outcasts are wrestling. So, right. <laughs> I guess again, because these pay-per-views are so close together, they're just all going to blur together. Right. So you're, you're putting together, you're asking way too much of your fans right now, AEW. And I'm, I'm probably leaping forward in terms of our payback versus all out card discussion here, but like the all out card stinks. The all-out card absolutely stinks right now. You don't have a single one of your main championships being defended on it. We've got, you, you got a secondary promotion. We got the secondary title from the secondary promotion. They're doing their payoff for a tournament I didn't even know was happening because I don't have ROH Honor Club. They're paying that off on this card. Um, <laughs> you you have your TNT and TBS championships being defended. Right now is the main event, the international championship. You have Maybe. a world you have a world champion in Claudio in your secondary promotion who's in a tag match. You have a world champion, but he's defending the secondary uh, tag team titles that you have. It, it's just such a, a bleeping mess right now. And maybe okay, you know what? Let's have. Yeah, you have Soraya, who you're trying to keep special. I understand that, but instead yeah. of having her defend her championship on this pay per view. Okay, maybe she's not wrestling. Nope, she's wrestling on collision in with the outcasts in in a trios match and a women's trios match. It just none of it makes sense to me. Why would why would you ask your fans to spend fifty dollars on basically a second collision with a battle of the belts attached to it? So you spray paint me in the face and now you want me to be part of a six man? Yeah. Like I, I figured you spray paint in the face, you turn baby face, and that's why you end up winning the championship, but there's no follow-up of it whatsoever last night on Dynamite. It's just a mess. It, it's you're asking you're doing you're doing too much to yourself by doing I understand doing all in. Fantastic. You got eighty one thousand people. You, you, now you just can't do all out a week later in Chicago because it's the people in Chicago. You you're electing to Take one of your most loyal fan bases who have showed up for you the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, 18,000 strong for CM Punk's debut. Like they continuously, uh, the, the first forbidden door, they continuously show up every Labor Day weekend. And now you're kind of putting together a hodgepodge last night for Dynamite, presumably Wednesday or Saturday night for a Collision. And right now the card you've put together and we're only three, four days away from that card. Why would anyone in Chicago want to pay for any of this? Don't forget, also, they want your uh, pay-per-view dollars a month from now, October 1st, for their first Wrestle Dream in Seattle. It'll be a Wrestle Dream for me to pay for it, because they'll be dreaming if they think I'm going to pay for it. <laughs> but, th- but this is just the problem, that, and it, it all kind of comes together. Like, all in, like, let all in breathe. Let, yes. let this week be all about fallout from all in. And you got five hours, but you can't, and you can't sit there and celebrate, not just because CM Punk and Jack Perry had their altercation backstage, but because you decided to do another pay-per-view six days after you did all in. Yeah. Yep. Another highlight, a quick one, their use of music. Big budget there, but uh, pretty cool to see some of the stuff they break out. With Sting, they had the Queen things. So they did yep. a good job there. That was cool. That was yeah. cool. And, and shout out to Sting. The, the Sting has been utilized a lot better than Undertaker was utilized in WWE. I mean, he doesn't wrestle every week. When you do see him, he gets a big pop. It was wild for to see his him put his whole body through Swerve Strickland through a table. That's crazy. Um, 
I've got a sting question here in just a second I want to lob to you guys. But um, also Stadium Stampede I thought was good. I enjoyed Stadium Stampede. Yes. Um, yeah. You know, again, John Moxley doing stupid, crazy things. But then uh, Orange Cassidy taping up his hand but having the sticky side on the outside, mm-hmm. dipping it in the glass. Like, it was – And the, the whole picture thing at was, the end. Like, Mox and Eddie bloody in the corner and uh, Kingston flipping the bird and the yeah. table there. Like, perfect. Yeah. The it was, Hallmark it, card. It, yeah. If, if, if it was – if it was exactly what I was hoping for and expected from a stadium stampede match. All right. So, speaking of Sting, I have a friend. Uh, so, Mike Padol, who I do my high school games with, who yeah. loves professional wrestling as well. Uh, he wanted me to ask you guys this question. In the last 20 years, who's done more jobs, Sting or Edge? Because both of them win a whole hell of a lot. Yeah. Um, that would be Edge. I think yeah, it's I think Edge. It's Edge. Yeah. Well, Sting has not lost in AEW. Right. No. Tony I think the last Hitt time the best run of Sting's career. Yeah, the last time the last time Sting lost, DX may have been running down the ramp. Right. <laughs> he, like you said it's his, the Sting's best run. Uh, yeah. I think Carter would like to have a word. Tony said so. Everybody about Tony. He doesn't know. <laughs> the <laughs> other I, thing I, with Sting, like yes, they do a great job protecting him. What is the singles match? Is it one and done? He may yeah. never be. In a, he may never wrestle a singles match in this company. Even if it's against Darby, you don't think he puts Darby over on his way out? I mean, on what show? Just a random rampage, or of course, which show yeah, yeah, that yeah, battle of the belts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> on a Saturday night, randomly, <laughs> Dover, Delaware. Here we go. <laughs> what? Sting's yeah. retirement match yeah. airs at 11 p.m. Eastern, <laughs> only on I TNT. What, I guess that's what we've been waiting for, right? We're waiting for the Sting singles match. We haven't seen it yet. Yeah. So. I, my guess is he would put over Darby on his way out, but I don't know if Darby needs that necessarily at this point. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, Brian, what do we have at number two? All right, we mentioned a little bit. All out Sunday from Chicago. Saturday, we have WWE Payback from Pittsburgh. What will be a better show this weekend, Payback or All Out? I just I just openly dumped on All Out, so I think we all know what my answer is here. It's, it's got to be payback, even though I, I don't know what Hunter's doing. He's only got six matches so far announced for this card. And I saw a rumor this week that the reason they're putting the rematch of Gunther versus Chad Gable on Raw is because they don't want to overbook this card. You got six matches. Is everybody <laughs> wrestling a half hour? Everybody gets a half hour? I, I doubt that's the case. So I think it's um, NXT style. I think this is a two and a half hour show Saturday. Yeah. Okay. So. I'm going to say this it's payback. Yeah. Uh, because, But here's the thing as we talked about before. Seth Rollins and Shinsuke Nakamura is a nice, fresh match. Mm-hmm. We know what the end result's going to be, but it's just a fresh match. And I think that the build of Shinsuke, not speaking English, doing it in Japanese, makes it more of a heel. Ah, <laughs> the old Mr. Fuji. Got to do that, right? You got If he speaks it in, a, in his own native tongue, it makes it more of a heel. I think that's fantastic. So I think the build for that has been, been fine. Trish against Becky Lynch. I think I think that um, WWE did a really good job on the Zoe Stark Becky combination because mm-hmm. that just gives you more of um, you know of an anticipation for Becky Lynch against Trish in the steel cage match. That should bang. That should be a good matchup. Mm-hmm. And because it's because less is more in WWE. Look at their card versus AEW's card. You, as you, as we just went through, ROH 
question mark. Like, I like Shane Taylor, like the next guy, but this match should be on ROH Honor Club as a main event over there. That should not be on this pay-per-view. That's going to be a good match, but people, I think the general public will be like, Shane Taylor? Now, why is this match important? You know, and a right. few other things were all out. So I, Miz against LA Knight, they'll be able to straighten that out. They'll they'll take care of that matchup when that's done. By the way, shout out to Miz for so, a tremendous LA Knight impersonation on Monday Night Raw. He he really yeah. knocked it out of the park, man. He knocked that thing out of the park. I didn't know the difference. They were that good. He was that good too. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. So I think Payback's the better show, bro. It's- and I think that's the thing, like, you look at these shows side by side, and the WWE streaming model is sort of what sort of conditioned us for this. These are both filler shows. Like, you're not going to have major storylines come out of either show, but when it comes to payback, you're like, oh, I'm already paying, you know, 10 to 15 bucks a month. I'm going to watch that. Whereas all out, you see a lot on social media, it's like, I'm not spending 50 bucks on this. So you get that side by side. I mean, payback's going to be fine. The world title match is going to be good. The tag title match is something we see every single week on Raw. The only thing I'm sort of excited about with payback, it feels like a waste, but is this where Priest cashes in? They made that little comment about, hey, Judgment Day has to leave with gold this week. They're not going to win the tag belts, I don't think. Rhea should still retain, but like, is that how they put a belt on Priest? I mean, I I don't mind it. I, I like that thought, and... Yeah, again, I think you're getting some payoffs here. I mean, wh- whether or not, I mean, and, and we're not the highest on Raquel Rodriguez because they haven't given us a reason to care about her at this no. point in terms of her character development, but at least they've attempted to try to tell a story of her getting injured, working her way back. Like there's a story that kind of goes into every single match. And if you, you know, even if you're just a casual observer, you kind of understand the stories happening behind the six matches. You can't say the same for the all out card. When, when you take a look at that, I mean, yes, they've, yes, you've got the story with Luchasaurus and Darby. Okay, cool. Soho and Statlander. Not quite sure. Um, Kenny, you got the Kenny story. Yeah. Yeah. You have the Kenny story. I mean, you're, you're wasting FTR and, and the young bucks by throwing them in an eight man tag with bullet club gold in a backstage at Wembley segment that you set up last night. Um, same thing with better than you, baby versus team to be named later. Samoa Joe versus Shane Taylor. You haven't done any legwork with that. Like half the card you have, you've just decided to throw out there. And again, like with at least we're getting one of the women's titles, one of the men's titles being defended on the card for WWE. You have two world titles. You have two world titles. Zero are being defended on, on the card for all out. And both of them, and both the other, and both of your world champions, Claudio and MJF, they'll be on the card in tag team matches. The hell are we? Yeah, doing? and I think all that's fair, like from a storyline standpoint. From a wrestling standpoint, I think all out, even if you say top three is going to deliver more in the ring. Like Kenny and Takeshita is going to be a good match. Who the hell knows what Orange and Mox are going to do? But we're going to be entertained by that. Like you have no that idea. to look forward to. I think Miro and Hobbs. I think it's a big stage for them. I think that match is going to deliver. It's not going to be, you know, I don't think we're going to see much chain wrestling there, but I think it'll be a fun match. And yeah, I think that's men- why All Out a little will deliver in that regard. Yeah, I mean, All Out, all out the card itself were, is going to deliver. But this is where the lack of storytelling is killing AEW. Sure. You, you just mentioned, for 100 bucks, I can get Peacock for the year. Right. For 100 bucks, I'm getting back-to-back shows for AEW. And now what? When, when you start, when, when this company started, four, pay-per-views, four yep. pay-per-views a year seemed... Okay, I understand it. Yeah. I'll give you I'll give you my 200 bucks for the year for the four pay-per-views because I know they're going to be important. 
Now you're starting to tread into the territory of adding Forbidden Door, adding the one they're doing in the Pacific Northwest here in a month, adding All In. Like by adding three more shows and having seven pay-per-views, now I know some of those pay-per-views are going to be filler and I'm probably going to skip them. You're going to start getting diminishing returns by adding these pay-per-views unless you start bothering telling stories that are worth people paying attention to. Remember also they want you to spend on Ring of Honor shows three or four times a year. Yep. That's me. That's what they get <laughs> and, and the reason why that happens, guys, as we all know, but we have to say it out loud, is because Warner Brothers Discovery wants them to grow. They yeah. want mm-hmm. them to have more because eventually some of this stuff will not be pay-per-view. Some of this is going to be on Max at some yeah. point. And maybe in a year, maybe in six months. But some of these shows, like this show here or the Wembley show, it's going to be on Max. And so still will be money for AEW to make from this. That's why they want, I mean, this This is one you have a company, you're right, four to six pay-per-views is fine, but when you start getting into the 12 and 13, that means that the company, the TV partner, wants you to be able to have more shows, because more shows means more money. As a wrestling fan, I'm actually nervous about All Out doing, people just blindly buying it, because if the buy rate is all right, if the buy rate ends up being okay, I'm concerned that WWE is going to go, huh. And they end up going back because there have been rumors about it. Maybe they partner with ESPN the way that UFC does since Endeavor now owns both companies. Mm -hmm. And they start going back to, you got to give us $50 for every pay-per-view. And that's just, now I got to pick and choose and I'm going to miss something because I ain't giving WWE $600 a year for pay-per-views. I understand. This payback show is only because Tony Khan has all out in Chicago. That's the only reason why they have this is because they want to have two Labor Day shows, uh, Labor Day weekend shows back to back. The payback, they could have put this any time in September. No, we're going to do, we're going to take on Tony. You know, the and won't half their roster be in India this weekend also? Yeah, is that this, is that this weekend? Is that John Cena? I thought it might be. (laughs) John Cena in India for the, uh, the Sony pictures, the the Sony, uh, television network there in india it's going to be soon i know for sure yeah i don't know if this weekend or next i'm trying to check but like yeah it makes no sense uh it's next week september 8th is when they'll mm-hmm. be in india so that's not a pay-per-view though that's just for no the house. no it's for it's no just one for the house. those people yep okay yep it's all not fun. even not it's even creating like a special one the way they did for the shield or they did roadblock right. one year that was like a house show that they decided to throw in the WWE network in the run up to WrestleMania like nope not even going to create a special one for this this is just just for the people in India so enjoy John Cena all of our fans <laughs> in India to put a bow on it guys clearly it's a three match card for both companies yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's really what it is i'm looking forward to or if orange and moxley is the main i have no problem with that because the tag team matchup with Better Than You, Baby, against TBA doesn't do anything for me at all. It just advances their story, but that's not main event caliber to me. Especially when you find out who they're wrestling. Well, you know, there's that too. There's that too. That, that, to me, that sounds like an opener. I think that, I think that, that match is an opener, quite frankly. Uh, I mean, honestly, let's just put it on zero hour again, all right? Let's just, Fine. Let's, let's just Fine. take it off the main card. I, get, I don't get need it to off see my it. TV. Yeah. That's all I care about. The only thing, the best thing about, about this guy is that it's the most personality we've ever seen from Roderick Strong. That's, yeah. that's, that's, that's yeah. what this means to me. All this bullshit is all this is like, wow, I've never seen Roddy like this. This is outstanding. This is and I thought David and ever. Bennett were good last night on the mic. Yeah. It's like it's the it's the best that group has been ever to me. So but, but we Mike can't Bennett. we can't actually do 
we we can't do Roddy versus MJF for Grand Slam, can we? No, not with a neck brace, no. <laughs> don't you care about his neck health? <laughs> oh, you care about MJF's neck health. You don't care about my neck health. Thanks, Jay Hood. <laughs> also, that inter- that messes with my dream of Eddie Kingston main event in Grand Slam for the world title. He wouldn't want it. <laughs> nah, nah, don't do this. I saw that man running down the ramp in Chicago. He didn't want to be seen. He just gave the belt to the referee. Ring the bell. He doesn't want to be seen. He doesn't want to acknowledge the fans. Just like that. Ah. He's unbelievable. Entertaining. Yeah. <sighs> For number three on our three count this week, really excited to preview all outs coming up with one of Chicago's very own. As earlier this week, we had the opportunity to catch up with AEW star Sky Blue. Really excited to bring in our next guest here on GKW as we get ready for All Out in Chicago. She is a Chicago native herself. She is Sky Blue. Sky, thank you so much for the time. I'm jumping on. Let's start there. With AEW in Chicago, it kind of seems like Chicago's the unofficial home of AEW. You guys have all out there every year. There are certain shows that you hit um, in, in Chicago every year. So what do, would you say, as a Chicago native, is the relationship between the company and the city? Um, I mean, our home home is Jacksonville, Florida, but to me, it's like Chicago always holds a special place because the very first All-In was here. Um, I got signed the very first year in Chicago. Um and it's just like always, I feel like Chicago is just like one of those places where like a lot of like large wrestling companies come to and we have a lot of like large arenas and there's just like a lot of wrestling in the Midwest and Chicago's kind of in the middle of all of it. So I think it's like the unofficial secondary home. Well, it's got to make you feel good uh, because you represent Chicago so very well. What does that mean to be able to wrestle in AEW and represent the shy? It's awesome. I never, never, you know, little, little me training. When I was 17, never thought that I'd be the one to represent Chicago for be one of the largest wrestling companies in the world. It still is mind-blowing to me. Obviously, you've accomplished so much. You're only 23 years. What's been the biggest sort of pinch-me moment of this young career so far as you get things started? Definitely wrestling in the all-out, um, the Casino Battle Royal in 21. Um, that one was huge. I got to have my parents there, my family there, so that one was really cool. And then just going to Wembley to watch Kyle and just to like be there and take it all in. Like it still doesn't feel real. Like that. I just got back from London and was in a crowd of like 81,000 people. It was surreal to just like be able to like sit back and just like watch and take it all in. was insane. So, so walk us through that for a second, because again, your, your career is still so young. You, you started 17. Now you're only 23. What's it like, you know, you, you walk, walk into a, an arena when you're in the independence scenes and it's just such a small place and then you walk and just seeing the scale of Wembley like juxtapose those two things for us if you could oh yeah I mean I re- remember like my first year at wrestling in front of like maybe eight people like you know tiny little warehouse like yeah. all our moms sitting in the front row pretending to be the audience <laughs> <laughs> which thank you mom I appreciate you so much <laughs> but uh, walking into Wembley like I had seen like little sneaky pic like sneak sneak peek ugh, I can't speak sneak peek pictures and whatnot and I was like it didn't really hit like that it was so big until you walked in and I remember 
me, Kyle, and Madison Rain, we all walked in together and we saw it and we were like, holy crap, this is real. And, you know, you just see, like, the ring looks so tiny when you're, like, all the way back and you're, like, taking it all in. And I, like, could not believe it. I was, like, and then as, like, people started to fill in more and more, um, I had gone up to, like, the little, um, what it, I think it was called, like, the Royal Box where everybody, like, family was kind of sitting. And I had gone up there for a little bit and watched. And it was so cool to, like, see everybody on the ground. And then you see everybody up here. And then there were people, even, like, even higher than us. It was it was like just like, and everything kind of rises. So like the sound, it was so louder on the floor. But then as you go up, it just like echoes, and you could hear like where a chant would start and where it would end on like one side of the arena to the other. It was like insane. I was taking so many videos and pictures. My poor phone has no more storage. <laughs> <laughs> Sky, you, I know that you've noticed that there's been um, other websites and other um, spots on X that's been noticing you wrestle. What does that mean to you that outside of wrestling, people say, ah, that's Sky Blue, like watching her wrestle? What do you think of that? It's unbelievable. Um, I didn't really think it was, like, real until I saw, like, the little Daily Loud clip. Um, and, like, Kyle had to explain to me, like, what exactly that meant. And then when it had, like, 13 million views, I was like, oh, like, oh. And uh, we actually, we uh, just got an apartment this year. And uh, we had to have somebody come fix our couch. And... <laughs> Mind you, Kyle was not here. It was just me. And the guy saw his ROH belt um, before he lost it at Wembley. It was, like, just sitting on the counter by all our other wrestling stuff. And the guy was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's – wait, are you? And I was like, uh, hi. And then they were just like, oh, my God. And I was just like, Kyle, can you come back, please? <laughs> but it's – it's just, like, my voice. I'm like, I'm like – no, I'm a normal person. And my mom will like go to a grocery store with me and I'll get recognized. My mom's like, damn it, Sky, you're not a real person anymore. I'm telling you, you're famous. I'm like, no, I'm not. It just doesn't feel real. Like, As you mentioned, your mom having those experiences, what was her reaction the first time you said this was the career path you wanted to take? Oh, goodness. So my mom's been a wrestling fan like her whole life. So I like grew up with it. And um, there was one day... We had moved in with my grandpa for a little bit because he was having surgery, and my grandpa's been a fan too. Like he was, I mean, he didn't fully understand. He like, you know, still thinks it's real because he's old school. But uh, we were watching it one day, and I was like, and it was a TLC match. I completely remember it was tables, you know, ladders, the whole nine yards. And I looked at my mom and was like, "Hey, I bet you I could do that." And she was like, "Uh, no, no, you can't." And I was like, "All right, watch me." And that night, I didn't go to sleep. I, like, scoured the internet trying to find a training school that would take an underage girl. I was like, what do I got to do? What do I got to do? And then I got to my junior year of high school. It was my spring break, and I just kind of said, F it, and I went and did a tryout. And then after that, my mom was like, damn, she wasn't kidding. So who, but it's really some, cool. Who been some of the inspirations then, kind of along this journey that you've had, people you've kind of looked up to um, that, that really made you want to pursue this? Other than just, you know, proving your mother wrong. <laughs> um, there's been so many, like, especially, like, from going from, like, working, like, I've done NWA, I've done AEW. I've met, like, so many talented individuals. And I feel like every time you wrestle somebody new, you learn something new. Because everybody was trained differently. Everybody came up from different places. Um, definitely having Dustin Rose as a trainer while I'm in AEW has been amazing. I've It's still wild to be like, oh, it's just Dustin Rose. Like... Uh, but training with him, like, on Wednesdays before TV has been so fun. Like, you, he, you know, he was also 
old school and like when he wrestled it was so different compared to how you wrestle now but he is so good at explaining how to transition like like when we first start like from indie wrestling to tv wrestling he helped so much with learning how to do that um definitely tony storm too i have learned so much just wrestling her a handful of times like i love being in the ring with that woman she is so talented and so amazing and she's been all over the world so she knows so much about women's wrestling so i love learning from them what's the best advice that you've gotten in your years in the business sky goodness definitely been told not to do crazy bumps and i still do them um (laughs) Mm -hmm. being told to save my body and i'm just like no i want to do it all um but definitely just to give it my all and to never give up and i um I used to be the only girl at all the training practices in the training schools. There's, you know, not too many uh, training schools in Chicago to begin with, but there's also not a lot of girls. Um, So it was always train like you're one of the guys and just put your all and your full effort into it because if you can keep up with the guys, then that just proves that you're you're just a wrestler. Like, you know, there shouldn't be a comparison of women to men. You're just a wrestler and you can hang. When it comes to women's wrestling, what's it like for you seeing what it was when you were a fan to now seeing it where you got a four-way in front of 81,000 like we saw this weekend? I absolutely love it. I remember watching, or um, my parents had taken me to a live show, in, I believe, in Chicago at Allstate. And I remember the girls' match had come on, and they were in, like, Christmassy Santa outfits and skirts. And I was like, Mom, I don't want to do that one. And I remember uh, Moxley had had a... Uh, hardcore match of some sorts i don't remember what it was exactly but and i was like mom i want to do that type of match like that's what i want the girls to do i don't want us to do the things in the skirts i want us to do the tables and the chairs and the barbed wire and all the crazy stuff my mom's just like sitting there shaking her head knowing that i'm gonna do it even if she tells me no but i think it's insane like how far we've come and how far we can just keep going if we all just keep you know putting in our all and showing that like we can do what the men can do just as well if not better sometimes I don't think well, Mox is a good example, though, if you're trying to sell your mom on it. I don't think that's the person you want to point to. Just throwing that out there. I mean, at, least, I actually, at that time, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't getting cut open every match at that time. Yeah. It's a little different now. different then. She, uh, there was one indie show I had done, and I had wrestled, like, one of the kids I had trained with forever, and this is probably off topic, so I'm so sorry. But uh, he, uh, I had the chair thrown at my head, and mind you, it was a very uh, crappy chair. <laughs> So it spiraled in the air and the metal caught me on the side of my head. And I didn't know I was bleeding until the end. And mind you, my hair is very fake. So it just poured out my head. And I didn't know until my hair, I like whipped my hair back and it hit my back. And I was like, why is my back soaked? Like, what is this? And I look up and it's just red. And I thought it was like the coolest thing. I was like, oh my God, I'm bleeding. This looks so cool. I need pictures. I need selfies. Like I was so stoked. And then I had to call my mother because I didn't know which hospital I had to go to because of our insurance. I was telling my parents. I was like, mom, um, don't hate me. And she goes, I'm already on my way. So she comes and picks me up. And I was, it was, I was in the locker room still. And I was like, oh, I'm going to go watch the main before my mom gets here. Not knowing somebody had already let my mom into the locker room. I turn around to go watch the main. And she's right there. And I was like, never mind. I'm getting in the car. Sorry, mom. Bye. And I just sprinted to the car. <laughs> and she's like, I'm not even going to look at it. I don't want to see the blood. Just get in the car. I knew you were going to do something stupid. So how, how many stitches did it end up having to, to It ended up being five staples. Five staples. Yeah. It was, it was pretty bad. And then the next week, I had gotten the staples in on a Sunday, I think. And then that Wednesday, no, the following Wednesday, I wrestled Soraya for the first time. So, well, 
speaking speaking of Soraya, she had some very great comments about you. When, when you hear someone who just you know won the biggest prize in AEW in the biggest show at AEW, say some some great things about how she feels about you and your future. How how does that go for you at twenty three years old? How do you process that? I don't think I fully have. I got tagged um, in the article, and I was like. Why am I? Ta- you know, I just it said story, and then I was like tagged, and I was like, why am I in this? And I look, and I saw it, and I was like, oh my goodness! Like, I remember, like I would watch her matches all the time, and when she first came to De- or come on, Skylar, AEW, um, it was like goosebumps, like and her reaction, like when she first walked out, I was just like, holy crap! Like she's here. And then I remember being in the ring, um, waiting for her entrance the first time I wrestled her. Literal goosebumps! Like I looked at the ref, and I was like holy crap, I'm wrestling Soraya. And he was like, yeah, you are. And I was just like, oh, like, freaked out. I'm just like, oh my God, this is like who I used to watch when I was like 17, 18, watching wrestling at home with my parents. And now I'm the one in the ring with her, which is wild to me. And like, she's been such a, like, um, not, not pioneer, but like a moving person for like the women's division and like women's wrestling going from divas to just women's wrestlers. So... What is what is the state of the company right now? If you could tell us what's going on at AEW from your standpoint, how well is things going? 81,000 people is pretty good in London, but around you, what's the company like? I love it. Um, I feel like we're just continually growing and becoming one of the you know best and largest wrestling companies. I am so proud to like be a part of AEW. I remember all the way back in like the pandemic days in Jacksonville where we would you know, we, uh, all the extras would be the crowd because you know, we couldn't have a crowd. And, like, going from no fans in the crowd to 81,000 in London for All In, which is mind-blowing. Like, I'm just so proud of how far AEW's come, and I'm so glad I get to be along for the process and just watch them grow and keep growing. How do you guys push each other and, you know, try and get more time? We've talked a lot about women's wrestling, wanting to be more on the AEW shows. How do you guys push each other to say, hey, feature us more and give us, you know, more matches on these cards. I feel like we're all just like, we all have the same goal. You know, we all want to do the same thing. And, you know, we all just kind of like get together and we're like, Hey, we can really do this. If we just keep showing, like, I remember like being the main event of a rampage and then like main eventing rampage two weeks in a row. And I was like, Oh my goodness, like we're doing this. And it was like some of the most great, uh, most viewed rampages in a couple months. And it was insane to think like our main event to that rampage and the fact that, like, you know, it's a women's main event and we're pulling more numbers than if it was a men's main event. So I think it's just taking baby steps. But, you know, everything's baby steps, you know, one step at a time to get to the end goal because it's not a sprint. It's just a marathon. And we're just going as far as we can. So what are those next steps for you personally? You mentioned it's it's not a sprint. But what, what are some of the next things you want to kind of check off your career list of things you want to achieve? I would absolutely love to do a women's hardcore match. Or like a women's anarchy in the arena or stampede, um, stadium stampede match. I would love to be in one of those. Um, the doctors always tell me, they're like, no, Sky, we're not letting you near sharp objects. But <laughs> I would absolutely love to be in one of those matches because I'm ridiculous sometimes. But I think to just keep, you know, doing things that people don't expect us to do and to just keep pushing our way and just keep showing them like, hey, we're here ready like this is what we all like we've all dreamed of doing this you know you don't just wake up one day and think oh i want to be a wrestler like no it's it's a dream and it's something that you continually have to keep working for so i think we're just all like hey this is our dream and this is collectively our dream 
and we're just going to push each other to get to where we all want to be so that we're all successful. Sky, because there's so many cards that's going to take place in Chicago, and there's a number of people on your roster that's from the shy, like CM Punk and Cole Cabana and, and others, what, and like you, what does it mean to be a Chicagoan? What does that mean to you to be a Chicago person and then going to AW, of course? I think it's wild still, like, some of the biggest names in wrestling are from Chicago. And the fact that I get to like throw my name in that bucket is really, really cool. And the fact that I got like signed in Chicago um, at all out, which is still mind blowing to me. Like I remember getting that phone call or not making that phone call to my mother crying after they told me, but I think it's just really cool to be able to represent Chicago and, you know, show that all the other kids in Chicago that have the same dream that you can make it big one day. A town, bro. It's we're in a town. That's how it is. A town. He's a Chicago guy, if you couldn't tell. Oh yeah, oh yeah. My dad's the same way with the Bears, except he falls asleep watching the football. <laughs> and well, he should. I like to watch. That's, yeah, that's not on your dad. That's on what it is. The Bears, if you ask me. Yeah, true. Who else is there that you want to work with that you look at and say, hey, I know I can put on a hell of a match with them? Who are some of those people on the list? I would definitely love to wrestle Chris Statlander. Um, I think her like gymnastics back- background and how athletic she is would be extremely fun to wrestle. Um, I would also love to wrestle Mercedes Monet. Um, meeting her at Wembley was really, really cool. Um, I, you know, Watching her matches growing up and just thinking like one day, that I could wrestle her. And actually seeing Willow wrestle her for the New Japan Strong Women's title was amazing. I was so proud of Willow, so happy for Willow. I wish I would have could have been there for that match. Um, Kyle was actually there, and he was super proud. He watched in the crowd, so, yeah. So what's this like this week like for you? I mean, just, it, it's got to be insane because, as you mentioned, you just got back from London, just got back from Wembley, but now you get to be, be home for a week, even though there's all these shows for AEW in Chicago. What's this week like for you being able to be home because the life of a wrestler can be so chaotic at times with the travel. Um, it's pretty cool that it's like home, you know, and I get to like come back to my own bed to sleep in at night. Um, but also like I get to like include my family on a bit more. Like I can bring my parents, I can bring um, some of the trainees that I work with still. Like they'll be at all out or all out and like TV as extras or whatnot. So it's just really cool that it's like it's my people that I've like come up with or it's like my family and everything. I mean, it's very hectic because, you know, even though you're home, you're still running around like a chicken with your head cut off and whatnot. But it's worth it to say, like, I'm a Chicagoan and like this pay-per-view is here. And it's like one of it's one of it's like my favorite pay-per-view just because it's, it's in Chicago and it has so much sentimental value. So, yeah. You've mentioned Kyle and that relationship. How do you sort of lean on the other pro wrestling relationships in your locker room and how to deal with this chaotic lifestyle? I think we're all just kind of going through, like, you know, it's the flights, the hotels, the this, you know, time changes. Like, when he was going to Japan, that was, I don't know how he sits still on those long flights. I could barely sit still on a London flight. I was like, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Like, little kid jumping up and down. But I think it just it works because we all have the same goal. We have the same dream. We have the same lifestyle. You know, like it's very hard to explain to somebody like, oh, I work like six out of the seven days a week. And it's not just like a nine to five where you can just shut it off at a certain hour. Like my brain, my ADHD and my just I'm all over the place all the time. I'm either bedazzling gear. I'm thinking of ideas. You know, I'm dying blue and get blue hair and getting blue dye all over the place. I'm so sorry for that. I'm 
you know, but it's like my brain just doesn't shut off from wrestling. So to a person who doesn't understand wrestling, you, it's so hard to explain. Like there's some days my mom will be like, why is there blue all over my counter? I told you not to. And I'm like, oh, sorry. But wait, 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 your sky blue. That's natural. Is there any kayfabe there? I mean, that's, that's really special, right? I mean, it's part of who you are, right? There's no dye, right? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My dreams are shattered. I thought that was just natural. There's the headline. Now she put it out there. The internet's going to take it. There it is. I'm like, oh, sky blue dyes her hair. Well, guys, uh... <laughs> sorry. Give us your best sell, Sky. So we're we're coming off of London. We're coming off of All In. We've got All Out just a week later. Why should fans show up in Chicago on Sunday? Why should they buy the pay-per-view on Sunday? I think because the first All In was in the United Center. And now this is the, and I'm pretty sure I'm right, this is the first All Out in the United Center. And the United Center is just like, it's like the venue in Chicago, in my opinion. It's like, because you're in the city, you know, there's so many people and the city has so much going on. Like you got the lights, you got the beach, you got the bars, you got everything. And I just feel like we're riding the wave from all in, you know, this was like the biggest wrestling event in history. And it's like, we don't want to stop that. You just want to keep going and keep going. So we're not, I, I don't think we're going to disappoint. I think we're just going to ride the momentum from all in, just keep showing everybody what we got. So we got Rampage, we've got uh, Collision, and of course, the big event on Sunday, AEWTIX.com is where you go to be able to get tickets, and of course, it'll be available on uh, pay-per-view via Bleach Report for the big one on Sunday, Gabe. That's going to be huge. It is it is going to be huge. I, it, it, it's going to be tough to follow it up, but I've got very much faith in Sky Blue and the team over there at AEW that you guys are going to put on one hell of a show, not just on Sunday, but all throughout the week in Chicago. Sky, thank you so much for jumping on and, and talking about AEW all out with us and best of luck with all the stuff happening in Chicago this week. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited. I mean, so this is going to be a little bit of a super packed episode. Thank you again to Sky. She had some fantastic things to say there. Um, so, you know, this, this episode going to run a little bit longer, but really enjoyed talking to Sky. And I, I know she wasn't on the list of, you know, WWE or ESPN did, professional wrestling stars under 30. Like I I think over the next year, she's got a really big chance to catch on. AEW has kind of quietly and slowly found some things with her, you know, the way she was able to advance um, in a couple of the tournaments that they've done. I I think she's in the next calendar year, got a chance to take off. And I mean, right now she's not on the card, but I would be surprised if they do all out in Chicago next year, if she's not featured, especially being from Chicago. Well, she's a pride of this company now uh, because (laughs) CM Punk is uh, is not around. So she's the one that leads. He represents the the city very well. I I saw her in indie wrestling, um, warrior wrestling in the Chicagoland area. And that's where I first saw her and just like, boy, she's got a presence to her and, you know, she can wrestle well. And she's so young, and she's got the world yeah. by the she's got the world by the tail. I mean, I think that she's still feeling her way around, bro. and feeling like, oh, people notice me. People, yeah, yeah, you're on right. a big stage, and people really like you. So uh, I look forward to her future. Yeah, Gabe, you mentioned her being a star under thirty. She still has six to seven years being under thirty. <laughs> so, like, like, she's so young, and it's crazy to see the stage she's been on. Yeah. Um, so again, really appreciate Sky Blue and AEW for hooking us up with that interview, Brian. What do we have this week? News and notes. All right, Jay Hood's favorite. We're going to start with some impact news. Next week, <laughs> Saturday, from 
What? That's a big deal. It's Impact 1000 next week oh! from White Plains, New York. The Westchester County Civic Center, I think is what it's called. Impact is huge. Yeah, get excited. Awesome Kong and Gail King both will be on the show. They will be teaming up. Also, another reunion, Bully Ray and Devon teaming up and wrestling for the first time in seven years. My God, this company. First of all, (laughs) Impact 1000. All right. Because they're in that hotbed they've always been in, in White Plains, New York. That like so you've been a Florida company, you've been a Tennessee company, so you choose White Plains because okay, that's mistake number one. That's not a spot. The other thing is Impact One Thousand. Okay, so how about highlighting more of your stars? Nobody grabs from the past like like Impact Wrestling. Hey, you want a payday? Hey, just be with us for a month, be part of this program. Like Devon Dudley, really? Well, but yeah, at, so ridiculous. The problem is, like, any past TNA or Impact stars are signed elsewhere. Like, who would right. they even get right now that's out there that they could bring in to, like, again, because you think of Devon Dudley, Diva, you think of the Dudley Boys, yeah. you think of WWE, you don't think of Impact, you know? So, ECW. But the, the problem is, like, when you think of AJ Styles, we, we did this a week or two ago. AJ Styles is an Impact guy. AJ Styles is under contract to WWE. He ain't showing up. Like, I mean, who who do you grab as an impact star of the past to, like, prop this up the way WWE did with Raw 1000 a decade ago? Eric Bischoff. <laughs> would Jarrett say no? I feel like he'd show up. He would not show up. No? no? He, you know, he would not. I understand that he'll take a payday anywhere because he's double J. But, no, it, he will not show up. Angle? So, what, so you, do, you go deep and get Hogan. He was part of that, was he not? He, Hogan? Yeah. Yes, he was. X-Pac. The other impact news from a positive front, October 21st, Marker Calendar, Jay Hood, Chicago, Bound for Glory, Will Bleeping Osprey on the show. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that's right. They're coming back here. That's right. Hey, he's that's got right. a stepson. He's got a stepkid. Yeah. He's got a four-year-old stepson. He's got to pay for it. He's got to by pay for way, school. By the way, shout out to Tony Khan. So he's on your biggest event against Chris Jericho, which I thought was a, was a better match than I thought it would be. You see that Jericho is about a, half, about a step and a half slow. Against Will Ospreay, as we thought it would be, it was like, all right, the old timer, he can't catch up with, you know, maybe a top five wrestler in uh, in the business. So you didn't lock down Osprey, you didn't lock him down. You let him go to Impact. Why did you lock him down right there and get a contract? Why well, because they've that? got they've got a weird working relationship with Impact. I'm not quite sure what it is at this point, but and like I don't that, know if Osprey like wants happened. to sign with anyone at this point. I think that's true. I think that you have that right. Didn't we talk about how Osprey was not interested in signing with any? He American... said he doesn't want to live in the U.S. I think that's right. Mm-hmm. But lock him in anyway. Lock him <laughs> in. Bring him in. You have to be. On... You don't have to be on Dynamite every week. That's fair. Uh, uh, WWE news: John Cena will be on SmackDown tomorrow night. India next week. Also tomorrow, we'll start a run of seven straight Fridays. Of John Cena on SmackDown will run through October 27th. Oh, there's a writers and actors strike going on, so he needs something to do. And hey, he's coming to Milwaukee. Grab your tickets. SmackDown in Milwaukee, Pfizer Forum. You going? I got high school football. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> and plus, it's not a house show, so he's definitely not going. <laughs> Maybe John will join us beforehand. <laughs> well, that's the hope. You want to promote Milwaukee? Come on, uh, come on, there, yeah. John. <laughs> That'd be great for the show. Come on, John Cena. Tell me what's going on. Your He's thoughts, got free sir. time. Why not? Yeah. yeah but, but but Gabe hit it. Like, 
Jazz got nothing to do. Like, yeah, I'll give you seven weeks. Where do you want me to be? All right, I'll be there. And he and, and by the way, the tickets are going to go through the roof. Every one Without of those places, it'll be sold out every time just to see John. It's going to be on. Now, what does he do? Does this lead to a pay per view? Where what, who's he? Who's he wrestling? TBD. I could. Uh, does he put over LA Knight? I think at some point, yeah. Uh, but are they wrestling? That'd be great. Hey, on the way out, John, put over LA Knight. <laughs> yeah, what else is there to do on SmackDown that's not Bloodline related? I don't know. He'll, he'll be in a really good program, whatever it is. He'll figure it out. They'll figure it out. Him and Ray for the U.S. title? <laughs> no. <laughs> no so, so John can take the title back to Hollywood. To, to yeah. Take it off the TV. No, I, uh, if you had the WWE YouTube page, a 35-minute video posted of the backstage wrestlers sharing stories about Bray Wyatt, just a collection of talent sharing those stories. Check that out, WWE's YouTube page. Um, and, and Hoodie put out a, a great video last week on our GKW page about the, the very sudden passing of Bray Wyatt. And you, you just saw the impact um, all across WWE um, and, and professional wrestling. I mean, you saw a number of different people at, at Wembley who had the Bray band, you know, either the band across their arm. Yeah. I mean, it, it happened so suddenly. Clearly, they didn't have any for SmackDown, but they did a great job, I, I think, kind of honoring both Terry Funk and Bray Wyatt, SmackDown Friday night, and then Monday Night Raw. It just seemed like just about everybody had a band on their arm that either said Wyndham or Bray. Um, so, and this just shook so many people to their core because of the person that Wyndham Rotunda was. Yeah, it was really uh, sad. And I'm sure there was that a dry eye in the house in Louisville yeah. because you get it. And it was it had to be tough for WWE because you're trying to balance both. Right. Like Cody Rose is doing a pretty much letting you know who Terry Funk was, especially to a younger audience and what he meant to uh, the Rhodes family, because Terry and Dusty, especially in your state, bro, it's, I mean, I'm surprised when you drive, you don't see Terry's blood on the side of the road. Like <laughs> from West Palm to Tallahassee and to Pensacola to Miami, those Terry, he ruled in Florida, huge in Florida. So just like, I like that Cody did that on that side. And then of course, trying to tell the story of Bray Wyatt. So that, that had to be a very difficult night to navigate through it. But again, WWE does that so well. And I just thought, from Michael Cole from the beginning all the way to the end. I think that they, they were really great tributes for both. And finally, a lighter note, check out our YouTube page. Hit that subscribe button right now because this weekend we're hitting the road. We're heading to StarCast. We're heading to Jay Hood's home. We're going to Chicago. We'll be there Saturday and Sunday. StarCast.com. That's the two R's. Get your tickets now. Who knows who we'll be chatting with, but you can check out the YouTube page. It'll all be housed there all weekend long for the big all-out from Chicago and StarCast. Another over, to it. Yeah, another overhyped show coming to Chicago. This <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what our card will look like, but hopefully it's better than what we're going to see on Sunday night. Un- unbelievable. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. This is Conrad Thompson as the pod father, and uh, it's going to be great to be able to uh, see you in person. I know people from all over the country will be there for StarCast, so we hope to be able to see you come by the table and say hello as we get a chance to, I think, preview and review payback, I guess, at some point. Yeah, the big Austin Theory U.S. title win. We'll talk about that Sunday. What? What? (laughs) Don't even. Don't even joke about that. (laughs) Uh, Brian. All right. What do we have this week? What'd you boys have for your match is of the week? 
So I thought that FTR and the Young Bucks were my favorite match at All In. Okay. I, uh, I, I knew that that match would deliver. Of course, it's those four. It would deliver. The question we had going in was we were trying to figure out, okay, so so the Young Bucks are EVPs. Do you, um, do you win over FTR to prove your supremacy, or do you do the right thing and let FTR win the championships? And FTR won. So uh, that was my favorite match on that particular card. Zoe Stark and Becky delivered. That really was a handicap match. Can we still use yeah. that term? Can two on one? Can we still say handicap match? I think it's just a two on one match now. Uh, so that handicap match that happened with Zoe <laughs> Stark and Becky. Let me just tell you, I thought that that was fantastic. It's great main event and the emotion from Becky afterwards. Uh, I was at um, AW Dynamite on uh, Wednesday uh, at the Now Arena in Hoffman Estates. Me and my and uh, about. Uh, 3,600 of my favorite friends were there. Holy smokes. Penta and Orange Cassidy, oh, they, they tore the house down. That knocked it worth, out of the park. That was worth the 45-mile drive uh, for me to see that, that particular matchup. Guys, in person, fantastic. And it just shows you, Penta as a solo has so much charisma. And anytime that him and his brother come to arena, there's a huge pop. You have mm-hmm. the uh, Mexican wrestling fans. They've got the um, they've got the Mexican flag around them. They've got the gear and all that. They love when they come to town. I thought that Penta and Orange Cassidy was absolutely fantastic. Well, I'm surprised they haven't looked more at Penta as a solo. I mean, he's done all the stuff with his brother since AEW has come together. Him and Ray Phoenix have been inseparable. But like when when AEW started, yes, he, he Lucha Bros and that was a thing, but he was wrestling really good singles matches for New Japan and wrestled a singles match at the original All In. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, I also agree. FTR Bucks was my favorite. I enjoyed the coffin match, and I really enjoyed Joe versus Punk. Like the match style, the little the Hogan and Cena stuff, like Punk leaning in on being a heel and essentially doing the five moves of Doom, like. That was exciting for me. Like, oh, here we go. Heel CM Punk, like really leaning in. <laughs> and then, you know, everything else happened. But like, that was a fun match. And to see those two on that stage, when they probably have worked that match in front of 80 people, like it was pretty cool to see those two go. Yeah, Punk versus Joe was on my list as well. Uh, they obviously learned uh, from uh, from Collision before that maybe they shouldn't <laughs> do the GTS and end up uh, finishing the match with a Pepsi plunge. Uh, so I, that was my favorite match. I, I thought I, I did enjoy uh, Bucks FTR as well. Uh, but my other top two were like UJ Hood, Becky versus Zoe Stark. And then it was, if you haven't seen the video of the promo, and it's not even really a promo, it's just Becky talking on the microphone about how much Wyndham meant to her. Uh, post raw, like she posted on her social media page. I don't know if WWE put it out on YouTube or not, but um, she's got a really good version on her on her Twitter page or X page, whatever you want to call it. And then Cassidy versus Penta last night was fantastic. This version, Orange Cassidy, and then the promo he cut after. Who? Yes, that's how you sell a match, Orange Cassidy. And as of right now, I would have to assume that Cassidy versus Mox is going to be the main events on Sunday night. Two quick notes because I went to uh, Dynamite because for our show as a kind of as a reporter a fan as I stretch my legs across the empty seats there at the Now Arena. Two things: one, as you well know, all all three of us know, Tony Khan usually comes out five minutes before the show to hype the event. He did yeah. not come out. He did not come out. He trusted Justin Roberts to be able to hype up the event, the ring announcer. So that was a, an interesting thing where. Tony maybe didn't want to be booed. I'm not sure what it was, but he did not come out. 
And I just thought, okay, that's interesting. He did come out before the Rampage taping, though. Because, and so I thought that was interesting to hype up Rampage and hype up all the other shows. That was at 9 o'clock Central Time, right before they started rolling on, um, on Rampage. The second thing is, two hours, the whole two hours of Dynamite, not one CM Punk chant. Not one. Now, the reason why that's significant is because even in WWE, when Punk is long gone from the company at Allstate Arena in Rosemont, big CM Punk chants where Stephanie McMahon or Vince has to be able to quiet the crowd some way to shut it down. Not one. Now, I know the fans are smart here, but the, and they say, well, he's not going to be here anyway because he's at Cauliflower Alley because he's getting an award on Wednesday night, or he's only a collision guy. But you would think after all the controversy that all three of us know and wrestling fans know with Jack Perry and CM Punk, there would have been something Nada. Not one CM Punk chant. Now, there's a few signs. There's plenty of CM Punk shirts. And the other thing is, oh, a third thing. No CM Punk merchandise at the stands. Huh. That's interesting. Uh, I think, yes. What do you think of that? I mean, that's what I'm... I mean, I I only saw it once. I don't know if they asked this person to put the sign yeah. down, but the the lyrics to Cult of Personality, look in my eyes, what do I see? Where is Jack Perry? It was my favorite side of the night. I thought that oh, was... There also was uh, CM Punk, no fist, just fits. I saw, I saw that. that one once. Oh, wow. Yeah. I saw that. That was a Damn. cross for me. I saw that. Okay. But then, but I saw it, and then I didn't see the sign anymore. I right. don't know what happened there. Yeah. But I just, His arms got tired. They didn't want to hold him up anymore. I mean, so... I, I, I just wanted to put that out there, that that's what happened. Uh, not one, because I'm expecting it. That's why I drove yeah. to see, like, all right, what are the fans going to say? Nothing. Wow. So it's almost like that crowded in up in the States moved on. Do we see Punk Saturday at Collision? We do not. No. Well, stay tuned to our social pages. Make sure you tune in to GKW every Thursday, but we'll have some special shows and we'll be able to maybe react if CM Punk shows up this weekend or predict if he ends up showing up on Sunday uh, because we will be, again, live at StarCast Sunday, maybe doing some shows from there. Definitely going to be doing some interviews, getting some content all before All Out in Chicago. So looking forward to that. But we'll talk to you again next Thursday right here on GKW.